The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time for our Friday Forum to look back at the key topics of this week, including the Coalition's €1 billion Euro housing plan, potential changes to existing Irish abortion laws, uh, Niall Collins and his uh, property uh, problem, shall we say. And um, we'll also talk about an invitation to the coronation, if you got one. I'm not sure you did. Uh, with me now, we have uh, Fiona Lachlan, Senator from Kildare, Chair of the Oireachtas Women's Caucus. We've Roshan Shortall, a Social Democrats TD, and Danny McConnell, who's editor of the Business Post. Good morning and uh, welcome. Let's talk coronation first. Uh, Roshan, would you go if you were invited? I'm sure I would. You'd have to go, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and see what What's going on? Uh, I, I think it's a good thing and I think Michelle O'Neill is right to accept it. It, it helps to normalise relations, I think, between uh, the UK and ourselves. Uh, and what do you think, Fiona? I think she's right to go. I think it shows a new political maturity. But I would also say that I believe that in taking up that invitation, that they absolute that Sinn Féin MPs should take up the invitation to take their seats in Westminster. There is kind of a double standard there, isn't there there? is not there? We go to the jolly... But we won't take up our seats in the Parliament. Um, Danny? Yeah, and, and you know, not only do they not take their seats in Westminster, they, they take their expenses from Westminster as well, which yeah. is kind of a, a, the height of hypocrisy. So now we can actually call it the King's Shilling. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, I mean, in fairness, this is not unprecedented. Martin McGuinness, we know during when Michael D. Higgins' state visit uh, to the UK in the last decade in Windsor Castle, Martin McGuinness attended. Um, so this is not unprecedented uh, from a Sinn Féin representative perspective to, to be at, at such a shindig. So I, I, I think, but I do think it's important uh, to recognise that you know there'll probably be someone in the Republican movement who would be uncomfortable at the sight of Michelle O'Neill there but I do think in the context of where the North is you know the institutions are not up and running segregation remains at a very high level in schools the peace wall still is is in operation in Belfast you know these steps are important. The, the sight of her in in the context, and we know actually when when so uh, it, it is about uh, the optics because when you d- dig down a bit, I mean uh, the the parachute regiment of which uh, Prince Charles, as he was then, was commander in chief, uh, and what the parachute regiment did in, in Northern Ireland. Equally, the IRA, which is the military arm of Sinn Fein, um, killed his favourite uncle. Absolutely, Mountbatten, Lord Mountbatten. In, yeah, in in. Um, yeah, and, and but I think well, I was just going to make the point that on when Charles became king, he did a tour of the four countries in the United Kingdom uh, and in Belfast, he met Michelle O'Neill and the interaction between herself and the king, the new king, mm. was far more engaging and welcoming than it was with the DUP leadership, which was kind of standoffish and frosty. And she seemed to kind of almost upstage the then first minister. Um, so I do think... It's important that she goes, but I would like to see more substantive progress when it comes to, and I hope that the intensive talks that are going on between um, Dublin and London bear some fruit in in the coming weeks, because otherwise this is really frustrating. Anyway, it is kind of a bit of a do, isn't it? I mean, it'd be be hard to resist that invitation, I think, no matter which uh, party you belong to. Are you going yourself, Pat? I haven't got the... Oh, right. I met Prince Charles on one occasion. Uh, he was here uh, doing a, a work of, of charity and uh, I bumped into, introduced him, in fact, and met met his sister, Princess Anne, but I never met the man. No. I never met the man, no. Mm-hmm. Um, God rest her. Anyway, let's move on to Niall Collins. Roisin, this story, it's an old story, uh, resurfaced at the hands of the ditch. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. And... Um, 
you know, people have mixed views about the ditch and people who are involved in it. Um, Neil Martin certainly has views on the ditch. Yeah, absolutely. He let fly yesterday. There's no doubt about that. And there was an element of that. I mean, that may, may be his genuinely held views about the ditch, but he wasn't being asked about his views in the ditch. He was being asked about Niall Collins and he, he didn't answer that question. <coughs> I mean, you would have to say, you know, in favour of the ditch that, for example, Robert Troy would still be a minister. We wouldn't have heard anything about all his properties that hadn't been declared if it wasn't for the ditch. Equally, you'd say that Damien English would still be a minister, that we wouldn't have heard of, of what he had done if it wasn't for the ditch. So, you know, there's an element of shooting the messenger here. And I really think that Mihal Martin now needs to, you know, answer for the allegations that are out there in relation to Niall Collins. And I think it was a very reasonable request from the Social Democrats and, and others that he would come into the doll make a statement and then take some questions and answers. Because, you know, we know that a couple of months ago he came in about the earlier issue, again, a planning issue, you know, relationship with local authority and that kind of thing. And that he didn't complete that by any means. And he there was a question left hanging in relation to the earlier allegations. And that was in relation to his use of his parents. I'm wondering, uh, maybe Danny can help us with this. The the actual nub of the issue, we know that he was on this local area committee at a time when they discussed disposing of the property. He wasn't on the council by the time it was put on the market. Wasn't it on the open market? It was, and that was the basis of it. I'm wondering where the issue is if, okay, you know it's there, you have to pay the market price, it doesn't matter who you are. But that was initiated by a request from Niall Collins' wife to purchase the site, or, or that the site would be put on the market. And she was interested in purchasing it, and she had clearly plans for its use. So that's what initiated this whole thing and the, the site been up for sale. But so, then couldn't anyone have bought it with the Oh, money? anybody could have. And, and yes, all local authorities have to publicly advertise the site. But I mean, the initial thing was that the request came in that the, the site would be put up for sale and the approval was given by the area committee. And but they didn't Collins, have the right to sell it. No, it only have, the council no, had the right to sell it. No, it was approved by the area committee and then it goes to the council. But Niall Collins was sitting on that area committee and, you know, there's no question about it, but he, could, he should have recused Himself and like, but he accepted that point though. I mean, in fairness, he, like in the his doll statement yesterday, he said he should have not, he, like in, in hindsight and all the rest, of it, he should not, he should have recused yeah. himself. But you know, the fundamental point, as I see it, is that it goes to the to the full council for sale. It was sold sold on the open market. Anyone could have bought it. It went through the proper process of advertisements in local newspapers, and it was put up. Um, you know, and anyone could have bid. And there were underbidders. There yeah. were underbidders and all the rest. Of it. It's not like you know. And Col- that's what happened his, subsequently. Yeah. And Niall Collins wasn't, wasn't, a, member wasn't a member of the council at that stage. Mm. Yeah. But look, I think anybody who understands kind of ethical responsibility as a public representative yeah. would know that you step out of that meeting. But, you but refuse let's, let's, let's be very clear about it. When you have a situation as you had in the Brough local area, and I myself was a member of a council and a member of a local area, you're not actually asked to vote or make comment. You're just literally asked do any of the members have an objection to the piece of land being sold? So by no means like very, very rarely is there ever a discussion if somebody has an objection to the sale. And while we're talking about, you know, making best use of 
any sites of any land I available. Think that's a I, no, of it's not. It's not. Look, I think you, it's you hugely the, important that if a local authority is sitting on an asset and money is needed to provide different services, I could never understand how we've had empty guard barracks, no, 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 for no, example, you, and not going for. Fiona, I, have to say you're I distracting think it's attention hugely. Now. I'm not. I think it's hugely important that if there are assets not being used by yeah, a local authority or a state organisation, all of that is no, right and proper. That yeah. if they're an asset that they're never going of to course, use, yeah. flog it. Of course, yeah. but, 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 but your it, point, Roisin, potential for for uh, uh, you know conflict of interest. I think most politicians know the right thing to do is. Okay, but Roshan, that is to recuse yourself. Is your point though now, given that he sat on the local area committee, that there was a material conflict of interest and that Niall Collins' position is no, no longer tenable? Because no, this, no, is, this, is, no, what we're, this see, is what we're asking. No, no, you, know? you see, that's the whole point. Nobody, well, certainly from the Social Democrats' point of view, we're not, not looking for a head on this. But there has to be some level of accountability. Mm. Right. So we're not saying that, you know, he should be removed or anything like that. We're saying that he should be accountable. Mm. And that I, means but I'm still struggling that if it was on the open market, no matter what the process that got it there was, and anyone could have gazumped. But you can't just say no matter. You can't say no matter. It, Niall Collins was part of the initial decision making to let it go on the, the open market. And he shouldn't have been part of that. He should have stepped back. OK, but and, then and it goes on the open market well, yeah, 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 and, and yeah. It's, it's up yeah, to all comers yeah, to put in a, a bid. Look, at the heart of this is So really you say he should have objected to it going on? No, I'm, uh, you because know that's I'm not. Fiona, don't try and twist things. I'm saying he shouldn't have been part of that initial decision making. And most politicians know if there's, you know, family connection, if there's potential for conflict of interest, you don't engage in that decision yeah. making. Well, what is the understanding? And maybe this is where the questions might have uh, been answered. This business of myself and my wife had no financial or pecuniary interest or whatever it was at the time. Parse that for me, Danny. Yeah, so ultimately, I suppose, you know, it only becomes material if and when a transaction happens. And what, you know, whether or not his involvement in that recommendation from the local area council goes up to the full council, whether or not that had, that gave him a material interest or not. From my perspective, you're, when he was one of how many councillors who sat on that local area meeting? Seven. Seven. Yeah. So there, there were, and there were no objections, no dissenting voices. Uh, and ultimately, as a body, they recommended that to go forward. Now, I agree, he should have not been in the, in the room. He should have recused himself. But in terms of the accountability, I mean, he's now made two dull statements. He's been accountable to the media, like he's been answering media questions. I would take your point. I've, like, we've seen it in the past when controversies arise, ministers of the day go in and like Francis Fitzgerald had to go in and answer questions when she was under fire as Taunish to. Yeah, so there should sure. Been, and and yeah. isn't there an inconsistency here because Micheál Martin insisted on Barry Cowan going in and answering questions in the Dáil. Well, that was the base for and, why and he sacked him. Yeah. He, he lost his ministry yeah. because he refused to do that. Yeah. So why wouldn't he expect but Barry Cowan refu- to but, do the but same? Barry Cowan even refused to go in and give a further statement. That's where Micheál Martin drew the line. He said he had to be accountable to the Dáil. The issue of taking questions was part, probably part of that it was but, part but of it, that but, it was yeah. Simp- yeah. but like Barry Cowan simply refused to go any refused to go back to the door under any see, circumstances the bigger issue here Pat is the fact that you know trust in politicians isn't at a very high level now you know where somebody does something inappropriate okay where there's potential for conflict of interest and they don't respect that there has to be some consequence for that and now I'm not saying that he should lose his job, but I'm saying there needs to be some consequence. So if somebody didn't behave ethically and appropriately, well, what is the consequence? And we do need some yeah. kind of penalty but, system. But for example, for Roshan, I, I want to get into the, the, the real politic of this. So Niall Collins stands up and says, by the way, I'm recusing myself from this meeting. First question is why? 
what what is it about this particular premises that you're getting yeah, out for? Yeah. So therefore, it would be known locally, and he's a, a powerful and strong politician, much respected in the area. They would know. Well, he's got an interest in it. Yeah, Do you know. So so it's there anyway. Whether he was there and, and <laughs> sat on his hands, or whether would he not? I don't know. By drawing attention to it, do, does it make it any different? No, but we are required under ethical standards to point out if we have a potential in uh, material interest in an issue that's being discussed or debated. And like it, there is a requirement on all TDs to do that, for example. If somebody, okay. you know, is, is a, a landlord, has a lot of properties before they speak on, on a, a relevant debate. But that's when they own something. If they have a potential interest, should every one of us but, you well, know, put down on paper, I might be interested in buying such a space, such a house, such an office, my, wife, or my family, or I was just about to say that, yeah. or, or a partner, or a sibling. Okay, unless like, there is <clears> that kind of transparency. I mean, we will continue to have a difficulty with people not yeah. trusting politicians. There, there is the question, though, are you your partner in life's keeper, your wife's keeper, your brother's keeper, whatever it might be? Because the taxman treats you separately. Well, I think so it, could I, she not have her own ambitions irrespective of him? OK, the, look, <laughs> I think mo- most ordinary yeah. people recognise that if there's potential for conflict of interest, you step out. OK, and, and that's the basic thing that All should right. be done. I but want to move on. It wasn't done. But, but just, and, and can I just make some the point kind that, of you consequence know, for that. is talking about trust and trust in democracy. And that is being particularly damaged by the ditch, by the type of work that they do, because they never bring any type of balance. They're there, they're trying to dig, they put information and misinformation and disinformation out in such mm-hmm. a way as to try to create you know, a them disinformation. versus us situation. Yeah. I mean, they have revealed lots of stuff about Onboard Planola, which which went on to result in major structural said, reform I said there. some information, some disinformation, well, some misinformation. Yeah, well, well, Fiona, now, in fairness, and I, I just... They're not here to defend themselves. Two of Look, your government colleagues had to step down as a result of the information I, I, I that was unearthed. Uh, if we want to make a little bit of time to talk about the uh, abortion report, Fiona, um, what do you think is the likely outcome of this? I mean, we've heard reservations from the Tónishta, uh, your own party leader, and from uh, the Taoiseach. What do you think should happen? Should it be just left to the the membership of the Doyle to sort this out? Well, I suppose in terms of the recommendations that have been made, and they're the, the key points really in relation to this, some of the recommendations can be dealt with by the HSE because they're purely operational and some will most certainly have to be dealt with in a legislative way. Now I understand it's been referred to the Health Oireachtas Committee and I think that is the way to deal with it and to have further recommendations coming from them. What's your own view in terms of the recommendations? Well, well, there's there's a number of different recommendations. So in terms of um, the particular ones, say in relation to the three day, for yep. example, um, I I noticed I because I went looking for further information in relation to this to see was there statistics, was there numbers, and I understand there was two studies done. In one of them, uh, there was 475 women that were surveyed, and I think two of those did not come back within the three day period. Now that could mean any number of things. It could mean they changed their mind. It could mean maybe they had a miscarriage 
carriage maybe they went to somebody else um, I do think we need further thinking in relation to removing that three okay, day Roisin, period What do you think in terms of the recommendations and how it should proceed? Okay so, so there are the two elements there's the operational stuff and there are major problems there including not only the fact that you know nearly half the hospitals aren't providing services and it's quite a small are. Yeah. 11 hours out of 19 out of 19 and it's hoped to be oh. 17 by the end of this year yeah well, well that, needs, that needs, needs right. to happen yeah. um, also there's a low number of GPs providing services it is 400 but that's a small percentage and you know for people living in rural areas for example there are big issues there about access and it, like one of the things I just came across yesterday was the fact that there's no kind of training in relation to abortion services for GPs at all. So there's huge question marks in, you know, in their heads and, you know, what, what is, they need training on mm. it, OK? And that's not being provided for. And that's so, one of the recommendations too. Yeah, yeah, a whole lot of operational things that need to happen. But in relation to the legislation, there I suppose there are three key things. There's the three-day waiting period. Uh, nobody's quite clear where that came from. There's no kind of medical evidence to support that. The WHO... The idea is that you go in, you're seeking... A termination, yeah. and you're told, "Hang on, just give it a three days yeah, thought." Yeah, that, that's a kind of intuitive thing, but there yeah. is actually no evidence to support okay. it. And the WHO guidelines are very much against any delay like that. But, that, but we know okay. that that was a sop. That, that was a yeah, sop that, at the time. It, it was a political. It was a political it, sop at the time. Aspect of but it. Like one of the, one of the things that I that struck out of me uh, that struck out for me in terms of the Mario Shea report, the barrister who conducted this report, was that you know she found that some healthcare workers were abusing their right to, con- to con- conscientiously object to abortions by misleading or instructing women seeking care. I mean, we're able to do so with impunity. That's quoting from the report. That's incredible. Given the referendum that happened in 2018, that should not be (laughs) happening. Um, And I think, you know, there is a failure on behalf of the state. I don't think the structures were put in place sufficiently by the state Mm -hmm. to get it ready to deal with the change in law that happened or the referendum that happened in 2018. What what we're seeing though politically is a very high degree of nervousness. I mean, we've done a big ring around of all parties this week. And everyone's saying, oh, it's too early to say, you know, we're very, we're very, very cautious. So I think there's fears, particularly, I think. And that includes Sinn Féin, who all they will say is that whatever we decide as a party is the way all our deputies are expected to go. And we have a conscience vote on it within my party. But also as well, what you're seeing from Sinn Féin is the sort of attitude, we're not the government yet, it's up to the government to sort out this mess. I.e., but, you know, they're not shy about giving recommendations Mm, on many other issues. Yeah, and and it shouldn't be regarded as a mess. This is something was was part and parcel of the proposal in relation to Dermot termination services the, the review after three years that is a very very thorough review yeah. I mean the, the first mm. phase of it was yeah. major pieces of research done on the existing situation mm. speaking to service users and service providers and then as a result of that Mario Shea was commissioned to analyse all of that and make recommendations so this was commissioned by the government yeah, but it's and, also and now the government yeah. seemed to be kicking to touch because on they're, it I think they're doing so because I think there's a general sense of work picking up that, like, that, that, that this is seen as a very liberal set of recommendations and there is a great deal of nervousness within government particularly those who may have found I know there were many in Fiona's party who voted against the the, 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 the but, proposal but in 2018 have supported it since yeah. then that's true yeah. Yeah, no, and, yeah. and I, I, don't, I don't object I don't sorry, uh, dispute that but I do think that there is that degree of nervousness around this issue this weekend and that's, that's because I think of the it's important issue. we get it right I but, think but, in terms yeah, of the sure, next but stage. what is required then is for the, the government to consider the recommendations mm. and then it's a political decision but yeah. to be fair 
go with these recommendations or not, rather than expecting the health committee to make the I decision for them. Now, the health committee will look at this. OK, but I, I don't, don't think it's our intention to reopen the whole question. No, but <coughs> to be fair, the clear recommendations are there from Mario. To be O'Shea. fair, the, the, the cabinet have discussed it and they have made a decision. on it. I think it is I good think they have to go made back. a decision, Fiona. No, no. But they have made a decision in relation to referring to both the HSE in terms of operational and to refer back to the Oireachtas Health Committee. That often happens in terms of big decisions. And yeah, to we, be fair, we will okay. give our view. To be fair, you know, you know to you and other members there, I, I think that's important to okay. get that in the last uh, couple there. of minutes. Uh, one billion. Uh, to help build more houses in various ways to developers and the Land Development Agency. They will uh, benefit also the levies being uh, discounted and so on. Uh, what say you, Danny? Is it going to work? No, it's not. Uh, I think what we've seen is um, housing for all, admittedly not going to meet the demand that's already in the market. We're now seeing Daryl Bryan repeatedly miss the targets that were set out in Housing for All. Uh, I think they they know that they're, you know, money's not the problem in relation to housing delivery. It's capacity in the system and it's, and it's, it's the, the, the lack of expertise. But I also think as well, Pat, you know, they also know they're at a time when by the time a lot of these measures will come into play, the election will be happening and their record will not be up to scratch. You have to remember this one billion is a one billion that the department and the minister could not spend in the midst of a housing crisis. So it was an unspent one billion euro and the government and the minister needed to be seen to be doing something with that. And they came up with these three proposals during the week. The the one that got most attention was the proposal to abolish development levies. Now, they've done that again to be seen to be doing something. What does abolishing development levies do? It puts more money into the pockets of developers. There is no requirement that that saving and cost should be passed on to people who are trying to struggling to try and buy a house. And what it is, is it's a continuation of this government's approach where they're subsidising high house prices rather than tackling the root causes of that, which is the cost of land. I thought it was an innovative way of using money because dealing with many young people indeed, as you are, in terms of an extra 13,000 in relation to development levies, which goes directly to the local authority to provide all of those communal services, I think it was an important thing to do. But when when we're talking about the capacity areas, we cannot, looking at the statistics in terms of the first quarter of this year, we had 6,716 houses (coughs) completed and 7,349 commenced. Now, that's the highest ever since records began. Fiona, the only question is, if it did work, by the time the next election comes about and perhaps a change of government, perhaps Sinn Féin in government, they say, thank you very much for doing all that fine work for us. We'll take the credit. But we still have to keep doing it. We have to do the right but thing. And it's not just, but it's not just about developers. elections. It's about providing houses and homes no, for people who need all right. to do it. We but have to leave it right the there. Uh, Fiona Lachlan, Senator and Chair of the Oireachtas uh, Women's Caucus. Thank you very much. Danny McConnell, Editor of the Business Post. Thank you. And Roshan Shortall, Social Democrats TD. Uh, thank you one and all and a happy May Day to come on Monday. A reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts which you can listen to with the Newstalk app powered by Gola. Just search for The Pat Kenny Show. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on Newstalk.